You are about to listen to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast, hosted by Craig Forstall. Find Craig on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy. The That Sports Guys podcast is proudly featured by NFL Draft Diamonds, your draft coverage king. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some football talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast. I am Craig Forstall. You may know me from Twitter as at that underscore sports underscore guy. But today it is all about Villanova defensive end Malik Fisher. Malik, what's happening with you today? What's up? How's it going? I'm good. Thank you for bringing the energy and hopping on today. And Malik, I just got to know because... My mom and my dad, they're originally from New York City. My mom grew up in Queens. My dad grew up on the Upper East Side. So I got a little bit of an idea of what that city life is like, but you really did it. You grew up in New York City. What was that like, man? I mean, growing up in New York City is, uh, I mean, it's fun and it's also crazy. It's definitely fun. The um, the schooling system is different. So, like, you, you really go to school close to a lot of people that you know, a lot of your uh, friends, but then you also can go to school with people who live 30 minutes across the city from you. You know, it's just how it works. There's just so many people and so many options that um, that you really get a plethora of interactions with different type of people, you know what I mean? So with that being said, I really got used to learning how to interact with a lot of people. Uh, you probably age six or seven, I was walking across the street and going to the park by myself just because the park was so close and also I was so used to being around people. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't in the middle of nowhere. You kind of get used to being able to navigate through places on your own. Um, and with, with the, with the approval of my parents, but with the understanding that this is New York city, you have to get to use, you have to get used to being on your own um, soon anyway. So it starts really early and, and um, it really helped me with uh, being out here, especially being from the city. I'm able to like adapt to a lot of, a lot more situations and things like that. Um, especially being from Brooklyn, you know, I got a lot of pride in being from New York, but not just New York, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I know uh, I grew up going to Yankee, going to Yankees uh, parade after winning the World Series. You know, what I mean, we don't get mm-hmm. too much winning from the Met, from the Mets, um, the Jets, the um, you know, the rest. The Jets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the <Knicks. laughs> so, I mean, the Yankees is always good for us. It's always, it's always a good thing to say I'm from New York. You know what I mean? That's one thing I'm really powerful of. If you ask a lot of my teammates, that'd be one thing that they suck their teeth and laugh at. It's like, yeah, he's from New York. You know what I mean? <laughs> he overdoes it sometimes. And let's just stick there with the New York City background because New York City's a basketball hotbed, but you somehow found your way to the football field. So how did you shake the basketball bug and end up on the football field? Um, Definitely... Definitely was uh, heavily influenced by basketball. Like basketball, is so is a sport that's so easy to play, especially in the city. Like there's a basketball court on every corner, and I think that goes. That's one of the reasons why New York City has such a powerful um, basketball history. You know, I grew up playing basketball as well, but I started playing football when I was seven, so I started pretty young. But all along, as I was growing up, I was playing every. I was playing basketball. I was playing football. I was playing baseball, and a lot of it was just like for fun. You know what I mean? Uh, middle school, I. Played for the school but then also you you know middle my middle school didn't have a football team so I had to play outside of um 
outside of school. And those two kind of ran um, like together with each other. Like it wasn't it wasn't one over the other. I was just playing sports for a long while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, then I get it. I got to high school. And one of the things about basketball is that like, I mean, people are big as a word that I don't want to use right now. You know I mean? <laughs> so, so I, I was, I was growing, I was coming in high school. I'm around six foot and I end up growing to, to about, about six, three, six, four. And in basketball, that's like a point guard size, but I was playing defensive end in football. So my weight was a little heavier and got a little hard to net to, to move around with the smaller guys. And I, I kind of took on like a power, a small forward power forward role in basketball and that's when I started to know, like, yeah, this one, this is not gonna be for me. I can't be, can't be a six three, six four power forward in D one college basketball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then at that same time, you know, football definitely started to take its own, um, its own route for me. You know what I mean? In high school, I definitely started to see it. And I was, I was a good basketball player, but the success and between the two sports, it was definitely starting to show more in football. And I started to focus myself more around football. And I never, I never really tried to focus only on football. You know, I played rugby as well in high school and things like that so football just ended up being the sport that once I got to an age where it was time to determine which one I was I was ready to take serious around freshman sophomore year of high school I mean I was the most successful in football so it made it it made it easier uh to make that decision and and actually I mean for my high school we we took a bus to uh to football practice like a, a 25 minute bus ride our home field was 50 minutes away from the school, you know what I mean? So it's pretty hard. The accessibility of football fields and things like that is pretty hard, which does make it a, a little, a little, a little crazier that I that I chose uh, football over basketball coming from New York City. But it definitely was a was a decision that was based off of like my success and the results that I were getting out of my, out of the sports. And Malik, within that, you kind of touched on two things I want to get into. So first, I want to talk about the intense rivalry that exists between Xavier High School and Fordham Prep, also known as the Turkey Bowl. If you can maybe share some of the history of the intensity that goes on between that game. Oh, yeah. Now, that's supposed to be, um, from my understanding, that's the longest uh, standing high school football rivalry, like I think, in the country. You know what I mean? And it's definitely a big rivalry, especially because both schools are um, all boys schools, like kind of gives each school something to look forward to, you know what I mean? Not many girls around, a lot of testosterone, a lot of <laughs> a lot of chest, a lot of chest sticking out, you know, who's the who's the who's the best of the city. And Fordham definitely uh runs a runs a similar uh school as Xavier, you know, that really focuses around athletics. They don't try to they don't try to force too many um too many people into the school for sports and things like that. So what comes what comes out of that rivalry is just a great deal of respect for each other academically. And with that, and what happens is the, the way either school gets an edge is who wins the Turkey Bowl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, we, all, both schools smart. Both schools got, got, you know what I mean, cool guys and stuff like that. But it's like, now who's the toughest? And I mean, Xavier, we win fairly amount more than, than Fordham has. But I was, I was a little... Uh, I was a little sad that we lost my senior year. That was the only year that I lost to Fordham. So that was kind of crazy. And then Malik, you touched on it, football, basketball, being involved in sports all growing up. But you touched on rugby. 
I did a little investigating on my own. I saw Xavier High School has historically one of the best rugby programs in the country. Um, I've never talked to a rugby player before. So just run me through the basics. Like, what is rugby? Um, I mean, rugby is a, is, is a is, is football going backwards. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's actually not as not as crazy as people uh, believe it is. Because a lot of the a lot of the, um, the 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 rules are centered around form, tackling, and things like that. You know, you never really get too far away from the opponent. Like it's, it's line against line. So the tackling usually comes from about two to three yards away. So the collisions aren't as crazy as football because football you can have a safety coming from fifteen yards down the field, running against a running back who's coming from fifteen yards down the field. That's a crazier collision than two guys mm-hmm. coming from three feet apart. Just, you know what I mean, grappling and, and tackling. But my rugby experience is definitely uh, interesting, especially because my middle school, uh, we played flag rugby. That's when I was introduced to it, and I didn't know what it was. But there was a, um, a, a flag rugby program that was run throughout the uh, middle school, uh, the public school pro, um, system. And my senior year, we won the, the Mayor's Cup, which was the city championship. For, and it was very competitive. There was probably like 150, 200 teams out there for one day tournament and we uh we came out on top. So that's where my, my rugby experience start and started. And then coming to Xavier, um, I found out that they had a, a great rugby team. You know, I think two out of my two both of my um my years playing rugby uh for varsity, we came in third place in the country at nationals. I didn't play senior year because uh it was the spring rolling into when I was gonna come in for football. You know, I really want to focus on training and things like that. But I definitely had a very successful career in rugby. You know, sophomore year in high school, I was I was starting on varsity basketball, football, and rugby. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. kind of crazy. And after my sophomore year of uh, playing at, at the national tournament for rugby, I actually got invited to um, to go out and try out and play for the uh, U the U sixteen nationals team that was going on tour to British Columbia uh, that year. I think that was probably 2015, but I, I, I denied it. I didn't go to um, I, the tryouts. You know I mean? It was a great chance that I was going to make it, but I didn't go to the tryouts or anything because I had to focus on uh, football. I went to a lot of football camps that summer and I didn't really want uh, rugby interrupting what I was doing with football because I remember that was around the same time that I determined what I really wanted to do. But rugby did take me a lot of places. You know, with my, my team, we went to Ireland my junior year. Uh, we went to Ireland for our spring break for, for a tour, played a lot of teams out there. One team was BlackRock. They were crazy. That's probably the best <laughs> best team I ever saw. I probably saw the best, fastest people I ever saw on that field when I did it football. And then we went to San Diego my sophomore year with, uh, for, tour, for a tour uh, with my rugby team. So I definitely have, like, a lot of great experiences with rugby. And now, Malik, let's fast forward. You're heading into your senior year at Villanova. You're popping up on some NFL teams' radars. How did you maintain your focus with this offseason, with it being so unique, being away from campus, the workout restrictions, and everything that went into it? Um, I mean, it was easy. It, it, it really made it easier when, when everything happened with quarantine and stuff like that. Besides, well, the – the one thing that I was lucky about is that I had access to um, to a gym to be able to work out. You know what I mean? I had access to means of training. So once that was handled, I, I probably got that access probably a week and a half, two weeks after I got home. 
you know, I was able to really just focus on working out. You know, most of my days was just waking up. I get my breakfast in. I drive to the field, meet up with another kid who I went to high school with. He, um, his name is Bobby Harden. He plays, he plays football at, at Cortland University. Um, and we hit the field for an hour, hour 15, get, get the same exact um, run and conditioning that I would get at school. We, we ran off a program uh, for speed and conditioning and then hop out, hop back in the car, put some food or a shake back in our system. Then we, we, we go to our high school and we hit the gym in there and we spent so much time in there. I probably, I probably didn't spend that much time in the weight room in a long time. And, and it was, and it was warranted. Like it was nothing else for me to do, but chill in the weight room and chill with one of my, one of my friends back from high school. You know what I mean? I, I kind of found a sanctuary and working out, getting out the house because one of the, best, the worst things about quarantine was being trapped and stuck in the house. You know what I mean? So that, that ability to, to allow me to only to concentrate my, my energy to concentrate my everything that I was doing on working out on football really allowed me to get a lot of things done and uh, that I wasn't able to before with working out just because of the speed of everything that goes on when you're at school working out and you're leaving workouts and going to the, going to school and you gotta you gotta type all these papers and things like that. At that point, I was going to work out and then I was everything else was recovery and eating, so I definitely got um, a chance to do a lot with my body that I wasn't able to before. And Malik, I want to ask you about the CAA and their final plans that they announced regarding a spring season. Just when you heard the spring season announcement, describe the excitement that not only you felt, but the excitement throughout the team. No, the team was definitely very excited because honestly, when we were on the Zoom call, uh, when we heard that the season was going to uh, gonna be canceled back back over the summer, like you could just see the, the the disappointment in all of our teammates' faces, and then you could hear it in, in the head coach's uh, coach Coach Ferrante's voice when he was breaking the news to us. Like you could just see all of this for some guy, for someone like me, for someone like everyone else on the team who was working out every day, given this opportunity to to really to really dive into their craft and work on themselves. You could see the disappointment every day of work just falling out with the words that we weren't going to have a season, and then coming back. We kindly, we kind of, we kind of got this, this feeling of appreciation just to to work out. You know what I mean? We started off with two workouts a week, uh, added four, and then now we got workouts and um and practices. Though we don't have pads and things like that, but we still running through. We still getting our plays, running plays on cans, getting indie drills. You know what I mean? We really got, we really able to appreciate just the working part. You know what I mean? We weren't even worried about thinking of a season because with this virus, you didn't know what was gonna happen. So being hit with some with news that was great as great as that you could definitely feel the excitement in the team i mean we finished a um a team practice earlier today special teams practice and everybody was just jumping around hopping around to uh you make me want to shout <laughs> running i was just running through the team you know this week we got a lot of good news about the season and about the voting and, and everything that that's possible that's going to possibly happen for us in the spring and you know it lifted our spirits up even more because we were already ready to just to just pl- just play and w- just practice and work you know what i mean we weren't even thinking about a season because we never know what's going to be taken away from us now you know one thing our, our lifting coach always said is like you get to lift you get to come to practice today and this is well before um anything that happened with the virus and it and it and it and it, and it, and it proved to be true 
through what happened with the coronavirus. And then it proved to be true now with we're just happy to get to do what we want to do. And now that we get to do more and get to look forward to more as in the season, just makes everything even more better. And it gave us like this acceleration boost to even go harder. Now, Malik, I want to recap last season for you. You were named to the All-Colonial Athletic Association football team after posting 30 tackles, eight tackles for loss, seven sacks, and forcing three fumbles. How do you build off of an individual season like that? What are your individual goals for the next time you hit the field? Well, building off of a season like that, definitely it starts with the, um, it starts with the team. You know, Coach Ola, he definitely started um, started looking at a lot of things that we did during the season, and a lot of ways in which he could help me out and get in um, and get in one on one situations and things like that, helping me out with other calls that help me find different ways to attack the quarterback, different ways to just attack offenses in general. You know what I mean? So that's where it starts. And then also personally, it started with it started with my work, working more on get offs and things like that. You know what I mean? But um. My goals, I definitely, I definitely need to strike uh strike 10, 10 sacks, you know what I mean, for a season. I definitely had the, the opportunity to do so this year. And I missed a lot of opportunities. I missed a couple of sacks and things like that. So I don't think it's out of my ability to do so, but I definitely, I definitely have to get 10 sacks. You feel me? Absolutely. And now I want to move to the defensive end tradition at Villanova. We can go back to Howie Long going 35, 40 years back. And even most recently, there was another number 92 who's now in the Kansas City Chiefs, Tanok Passanon. What does it mean to you to carry on the strong defensive end play tradition at Villanova? Nah, playing defensive end at at Nova is definitely definitely something to bang your chest on. You know what I mean? We run a 3-3 system, which means – we ain't out there in a, in a five technique just running around tackles and things like that. You know what I mean? You got to really get your hand in the dirt, sit in between a guard and tackle and be a grown man. You know what I mean? So it takes a lot for the coaches to trust and put you out there, especially after coming after guys like Tano. I mean, it's also guys like Rakeem Cox, who, who he played in the Super Bowl with the Panthers, you know what I mean, a couple of years back. He played defensive end and really had success. And then obviously Howie Long, a, a Hall of Famer. So it's definitely a tradition here. That um that defensive ends could come in and could have success. You know what I mean? There's no doubt about it that the, uh, the defensive end position is one that's very important to the defense, um, especially the three three. And I I feel like for me, I I try to hold up my own my own um I try to hold hold myself up to the standards of people who came before me and also the coaches who 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 are by me right now. You know what I mean? I set my own goals for myself. But a lot of the things that I do are have to adhere to what the coaches expect me to do. You know what I mean? And in that way, I try to make sure I don't let them down. And early on in my career, I definitely had to get used to um, to playing and running things like that, especially being so stuck inside the guard and tackle. But with that comes the ability to learn and understand how to sustain yourself within the vicinity of two 300-pound guys, you know what I mean? And that's something that a lot of defensive ends don't do in other systems because they're in five techniques and they get to you depend on their speed a lot. And I'm a speedy guy, but I had to learn the strength part of the position, you know what I mean, which I definitely appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Now, Malik, you got into it a little bit for my next question, talking about what you had to learn. If I were to ask you to give yourself a scouting report, what would that self-scouting report say? My self-scouting report is is a guy with a motor. You know what I mean? I'm always running around, especially with the productivity that I got out of a, out of a three-down coming out of a four-on. I definitely think that speaks to the motor that I have, the un, the un, the unstoppable the unstoppable uh, mindset that I have. You know what I mean? Because I would say, I think definitely thirty percent of my tackles are for loss. You know what I mean? Ten percent are sacks. So the productivity comes from my motor. I'm not sitting in the three down uh, trying to get sacks all day. You know what I mean? I can't even I can't even rush the edge half of the time unless it's a third and long. But what comes, what, what, what really powers me is my motor. I was a young guy who started early. I, I played every single um, game that, since I've been at Villanova, I've played in every single game that Villanova has played. So I haven't missed a game. My durability is, um, is definitely, definitely can't be questioned. You know what I mean? Since a freshman, I played in every single game. Uh, my, my productivity started early. I think I had, I had three sacks freshman year. Five sacks, sophomore, seven sacks. So there's a consistent rise in stats, you know, two two sacks each season, which I want way more than two for this season. But I've, I think there's been a consistent rise in my game that um that that shouldn't be ignored. You know what I mean? Uh, definitely a disruptive person. I, ha- I have six uh, forced fumbles, and I think three or four fumble, fumble recoveries in my career. So I definitely am a disruptive guy as well. Uh, one thing that may be a negative is 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 my running my run stop ability, which I definitely have worked on, and I definitely show an ability to play the run through my technique in the three three and four eye. You know what I mean? I'm not a guy who's going to come in and have to learn how to play the run. I just have to sustain myself within the run more. You know what I mean? So I definitely that definitely would be something that will be on my scout report. A couple of those things. And now Malik, this is the last football-based question before we switch it up and get to know you away from the game. So the last football question that I have for you is, when you think about your football future, what do you think about? I think about being in a fall camp, you know what I mean, in August, fighting for a spot. And then I also think about sitting in a head coach's office and hearing the news that I made a team. You know what I mean? Especially coming from FCS, the 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 road, the journey to the NFL is definitely going to be an easy one. And that's one thing that I keep in my mind every time is that there's going to be one day when you're in a camp trying to make a team, and you're going to have to rely on those factors that made that got you to this point: the competitiveness, the unstoppable mindset that you have. You know what I mean? So I don't think about being in the Super Bowl. I don't think about being at a Pro Bowl. I think about being in a fall camp fighting for a position. You know what I mean? And every day, that's what powers me to work harder because I know it's going to be a, a breaking point at that point where I'm going to have to prove myself against all other athletes, not just all other collegiate athletes, all other athletes within this sport. Because when you're in the NFL, there's everybody who's at the top of the game is trying to make the same spots. So I think about the moment where I'm going to have to, where my, where my character is going to be tested, where my athleticism is going to be tested, where my love for football is going to be tested. And I use that thought to power me through every day and keep working to know that I have no room for error when trying to make it to where I want to go in this sport. Malik, you ready to go ahead and jump over to the non-football questions now? 
All right, let's do it. You said you're a New York guy around a bunch of Philly guys in Villanova, so I got to <laughs> ask you, what's the preference, New York style pizza or Philly ah, steak? You know, that's a that's a tough one, but but due to the caloric count of a Philly cheesesteak, I think I got to take a Philly cheesesteak. You know what I mean? Pizza not going to do too much for this body. You feel me? <laughs> so I got to go with a Philly cheesesteak. You got it on that one. And now what's the song you're embarrassed to admit you like? Hmm. Let's see. You know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of, um, a lot of songs that pop up on a, on the shuffle list while I'm in a car with a bunch of the boys and stuff like that. That turn a lot of eyes, but I'm definitely, I mean, I want to say I'm, I'm a, um, I'm embarrassed to to listen to a type of song because I definitely I definitely listen to a lot of music. But one one thing that a lot of people probably wouldn't expect from me is uh is that I listen I listen to Maroon Five a lot. Sunday morning, you know what I mean? Things like that. Uh this love has that's not Sunday morning, it's my other one. This love has taken control of me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She said goodbye many times yeah. before. That's one of my favorite songs and things like that. Then I also get caught with a little Katy Perry in there. Blank Space or something like that. There's a, a couple. It's a couple songs that might that might that might that might that might alarm people. Might that they might not expect from me. But I definitely have a um have a plethora of songs in my in my playlist. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I ever received. I would say from 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 my coaching staff freshman year was you haven't arrived you know what I mean um just just that saying has taught me that you'll never if you create destinations for yourself if you continue to create goals for yourself you will never arrive because with the feeling of arrival comes the feeling of contentness and the feeling that you don't have to do anything anymore because you are where you want to be but that advice has taught me to continue to make goals no matter where you are continue to work hard towards a goal because that's how you continue to to keep improvement you know what i mean never feel content never feel you have arrived at your destinations because as soon as you arrive you drop your bags and you sit down and that's not something that you could do in the business of football you got to continue to be on your ground you got to continue to lift up your bags and carry things with you because at the drop of a dime you could be moving somewhere, you know what I mean? At the drop of a dime right now, we could be sent home. So I haven't arrived here, you know what I mean? I could be sent home at any second due to an outbreak. If you make it to the league at the drop of a dime, you could be you could be sent off and traded, you know what I mean? At the drop of a dime, you could be cut and you've never arrived anywhere, you know what I mean? So never feel like you've arrived anywhere. Be ready to be on the move, be ready, be flexible and be be competitive. That's one thing, I don't know. There's a lot of advice that I've heard. What's the one TV show that you can watch over and over Martin. and never get tired of? Yep. Oh, that was quick. That's What's easy. Favorite episode? favorite episode is uh, when he goes in a boxing ring, gets sent up to the uh, to the, to the <laughs> scoreboard, comes back, and he's, he's laying on Gina's yep. chest with, the, with all these bumps on his face and shit like that. So that's definitely one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> also, a second favorite was when they went on vacation, and he, he's fighting the little, the little rabbit squirrel. Uh, raccoon, whatever it is, you know what I mean? That's definitely one of my favorites as well. And now, Malik, the final question before we let you get back to your day. 
you're stranded on an island and you can pick one weapon and one survival partner. What's the weapon and what's the survival partner? Um, what's it going to be? The weapon, you know, I would go with, with some type of firearm, some type of gun, but I think I, you could run out of bullets. You know what I mean? We can't survive with that. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going I'm to take a machete. My survival partner, that's, that's my mom. Yep. You know what I mean? She does. She's she's the most dependable person that I that I have in my life. You know what I mean? I, I definitely won't have to worry about eating. You know what I mean? She's gonna cook everything. I'm gonna just have to use that machete to cut and kill everything. Don't gotta worry about eating. Don't worry. Gotta worry about getting sick. That's the first person I go to. That's the first person to take care of me and make sure I'm okay. You know what I mean? And I won't. I wouldn't feel comfortable spending my last moments on this world with anybody else besides her because she's one. Of, she's she's the number one person in my life. You know what I mean? So I definitely believe. I definitely know that my survival partner would have to be my mother. The weapon is is cause for question, but I, I'm, I'm gonna go with a machete. You know what I mean? Not much. Not much that can't be cut down by that blade. Ladies and gentlemen, we just spent the better portion of about 25 minutes getting to know Malik Fisher, defensive end from Villanova. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your eyes out for Malik Fisher when him and the Villanova Wildcats hit the field again this spring. They're coming ready and they're coming hungry. Until next time, everyone, stay safe and be easy. Thank you. Hey everybody, Craig Forstall. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy to catch all the latest updates and podcast episodes. Until next time, stay safe and be easy.